It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at VSIN Primetime. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here's Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel. Hour two of VSIN Primetime alongside Jonathan Von Tobel. I am Tim Murray. Hello to everyone on DraftKings Network as you join us for uh, this hour of the program. We're live here in Vegas. NBA slate starts in uh, 40 minutes. Nah, probably 45. Yeah, that's true. Uh, better than, you know, the uh, All-Star game. Hey, is Denny Advia going to score for us tonight? That bum. I don't know. I saw Julian Edlow of uh, DraftKings Network fame yeah. and, and fortune um, back on the train with the Denny Avdia over point total prop today. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> you burned me once. You're done. That's it. Done. So All right. Put up uh, our kid for adoption. He, he didn't listen to me one time. <laughs> Out. See you later. Didn't listen. Uh, I put up a poll question today on my own Twitter at huh. one Tim Murray and Jared Smith will join us bottom of the hour. I want to pose this question to Mr. JVT here and talk some college hoops futures. I also looked at the four one seeds and their yes-no props at Circa and uh, curious what plays would have be of interest. But let's run through the NBA card as uh, it is a loaded one tonight. And uh, we'll start in chronological order, JBT. Two games starting in this hour still to come. Toronto, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. No Donovan Mitchell for a second consecutive game. Cleveland, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Sixers. And you do have a play in Toronto, Atlanta. So let's start there. Toronto, Atlanta, as we sit right now, DraftKings has Atlanta laying seven with a total of 244. Yeah, but I went over team total, 126.5 for Atlanta. I, these are two teams who are going to be willing to one uh, run with one another. Uh, top of the list in terms of every transition and and pace uh, metric that you could find out there. They're, very, they're both very quick teams. Uh, Toronto has actually become quicker, even though slightly, because they were already pretty fast since the trade deadline, since they've gotten, um, and I even shouldn't say the deadline, since the trade of Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett. So they're going to be willing to go up and down the floor. Atlanta's going to be more than willing to go up and down the floor. They both stink on defense. Um, the Toronto Raptors, worst defense on the road since the acquisition of R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, a subpar, I think it's about 26th, 27th in non-garbage time defensive efficiency for Atlanta. So I think you're going to get a, a very quick game. And I just don't trust Atlanta to win by margin. So thus, I'm going to go over team total 126 and a half in a high scoring affair i think they're going to, they're going to be able to get over that number so atlanta over 126 and a half team total uh the team that had the best cover margin or cover uh record i should say in the first half of the season was the orlando magic and they got off to uh, another promising start another cover outright win last night yes. against the cleveland cavaliers 116 to 109 as mentioned donovan mitchell didn't play last night not playing tonight 
The Sixers, who closed as, I believe, a short home dog, uh, got beat up pretty good by the Knicks, 110-96. to 96. So both these teams coming off losses, JVT. Cleveland right now laying a short number on the road at Philadelphia. DraftKings has it at 2.5, total 226.5. Yeah, and this move, to, obviously, you mentioned it. Donovan Mitchell's not going to play. So for anybody wondering, like, hey, went from 4.5 down to, like, 2, it's, it's because Donovan Mitchell is not going to play here today for Cleveland. Having said that, uh, I'm not really sure I still trust Philadelphia here. This team is now 4-11 ATS in its last 15 games. And one of the things that stuck out watching that game yesterday against New York, uh, Philly kind of got beat up on the glass in a pretty solid way. An offensive rebounding rate of nearly 30% for the New York Knicks, a, a very solid uh, putback points per play rate for the New York Knicks as well. That weren't overtly efficient on offense. It was just their ability to create second chance points and score off of turnovers. Philadelphia is just not in a really good spot right now. And if they're not going to be able to rebound against New York, it's a little shorthanded up front. Don't think you're going to be able to rebound either against Cleveland, which still has Evan Mobley uh, and uh, Jared Allen up front, along with some other bigger pieces there at the forward position. So I, I think even though this is down to two and a half with no Donovan Mitchell, still think Cleveland will be the side here, especially you still have good guard play led by Darius Garland, Karis Levert to go after a backcourt that I think is very subpar defensively for the Philadelphia 76ers. Although, real quick note, Ooh. big news for them. It looks like Anthony Milton might play for the first time in a minute. So that's going to be pretty good for the Philadelphia 76ers. Don't know if it's super impactful here today, but a good defensive presence in the backcourt to kind of shore up what I think is one of their weaknesses right now. Yeah, probable according to the official uh, report there. No Kyle Lowry, no Joel Embiid, of course, and Robert Covington out as well for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, let's go to the 8 o'clock Eastern hour, JVT. Phoenix at Houston. Phoenix laying two and a half. They lose last night against the Dallas Mavericks. Bradley Beal still sidelined here for the Phoenix Suns. Do the Suns bounce back laying two and a half with a total of 235 on the road tonight against Houston? Yeah, I think so. Look, Houston's 12 and 21 ATS after their failed cover last night in New Orleans and obviously in their last 33 games. Defensively, they're not playing particularly well. Defensive rating a 122.2 yesterday. Now, the Pelicans really did crush them at the rim. Uh, they went 22 at 25 or 33 within four feet of the basket. The Suns aren't going to pressure you at the rim nearly as much, but they still have two incredible offensive players, right? They still have Kevin Durant. They still have Devin Booker. Yesterday, the loss to Dallas, I thought was more about Dallas and the upside of playing with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic together as they have won seven straight and have covered six out of seven. Phoenix is still an upper echelon team and, and much better than a team like Houston. And so I think to, to look at this and to potentially ask Houston just to win by about uh, three or more, I think it's a fair ask if you wanted to come in here and lay it with Phoenix. And I also think it's somewhat interesting because we do have a three and a half out there too, by the way. You know, it's funny how the market responds certain times. So I came into this thinking, and I even wrote it in the column today, like, hey, look, Bradley Beal, he's unhealthy. His status is unknown. It's unlikely that he plays. Like, he didn't play yesterday with a hamstring. Why right. would he play today? And when you finally got the initial official report that it was going to be he wasn't going to play, you saw it go from three and a half to two and a half. So it's interesting that the market kind of docked at a point when in reality, like, I don't think Beal was ever really going to play in this game. So just something, a, a little note to put away, but I, I think the side would be Phoenix or nothing here. Uh, Miami and New Orleans. So you just mentioned New Orleans winning 127-105 yesterday against Houston. Uh, Zion questionable. Do you think he plays tonight? I don't know. I mean, so the injury report. Brandon Ingram is out, by yes, the way. Yes, and he, he's unhealthy, so and he's got an illness. So that's why he's not going to be out there. Uh, for Zion, it looks like, what is it for Zion Williamson? Is it a foot thing, right? It so, says left foot contusion. So I, I would say that it's tricky because on the second leg of a back-to-back -back at home, especially against a, uh, a, a non-conference opponent, you, you can make the case that you could rest Zion Williamson here. So this is one of those tricky ones where you just sit back and wait till you get some clarity, unless you have some information that is going to tell you that Zion Williamson is going to play. On the other end, Miami's a little beat up in the backcourt. No Josh Richardson still, no Terry Rozier. Uh, that's pretty tough, but Jimmy Butler is back uh, after a, a little bit of an absence thing. Missed three games right before the break due to personal reasons. And as I put in the column today, which you can find on the website of Eason.com, when you have – the Heat aren't really good offensively. But when you have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo on the floor together, you're an elite defensive team. 111.5 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. Opponents just get 27.9% of their attempts within four feet of the basket. That is a minute number. They give up nothing within four feet of the basket when those two are on the floor together. And that's pretty big against New Orleans with Zion Williamson or without him as they are a team that loves to put pressure on the rim offensively. So I think it's actually a pretty interesting matchup. I hope Zion plays because I really wanted to watch this. This is one of the highlights of the day for me. I wanted to see what 
what this game was going to look like. But I think right now, it's pretty simple. If we don't know what's going on with Zion Williamson, if he doesn't play, Heat go off as a favorite. If he does play, Pelicans, uh, Pelicans go off as about a three, three and a half point favorite. Worth just sitting back and waiting for some information and just keeping your finger on the trigger until you get some of that and try to get ahead of the move. Eight ten Eastern is when this game is going to tip off in New Orleans. JVT, yesterday we saw 24 of the 30 teams uh, f- play uh, only six didn't. You know, two of them will play each other, Minnesota and Milwaukee. Miami didn't play last night. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, of course, did one one twenty seven to one oh five. Do you give any edge to Miami having that extra day of rest? Is that baked in? How do you look at that at all? I mean, I think you can potentially. I, I think the problem is, especially for like uh, for um for New Orleans, for example, right? When you play yesterday, uh, it's not really it's not the same as a normal back to back as you're playing at home. So you had the big break. You played at home against Houston. Now it's a home-to-home back-to-back. Like, you're not traveling. You're just going back home, resting in your same spot and coming back in. So I, I think it is somewhat of an edge to have a little bit more rest and to be fresher. But the fact that this is a home-home back-to-back and no travel involved for New Orleans, I think you're kind of negating it a little bit, you know? Two other games uh, starting in that 8 o'clock window. The Milwaukee-Minnesota game, surprising. Uh, it's uh, the back end of the, the the ESPN doubleheader. So they put it in the late window there, 10-10 Eastern uh, for Minnesota. Minnesota and Milwaukee. Is it really, a yeah. se- really? Yeah. seven o'clock? Seven o'clock Pacific. Yeah. Why did late. I not know that? Yeah, late one. Uh, it's the uh, the back end of the doubleheader. Uh, Cla- Cavaliers and Sixers first game up on. Oh hell yeah! I get to watch the whole thing. I'm down with this. <laughs> uh, Washington, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City laying 15 after their nice win uh, last night against the L.A. Clippers. Um, any thoughts on OKC now up to 15 and a half at DraftKings, 242 and a half against the uh, the lonely and terrible Washington Wizards, who, by the way, Mitch Moss, I saw today on Follow the Money, put in a bet at, I think, plus 290 on the Wizards to finish the year with the worst record in the NBA. Yeah, I think you're going to, I mean, at the very least, it's like betting a big favorite, right? Like, you know, you're, you know they're going to win. It's just whether or not they're going to get there. And you feel pretty comfortable because this team sucks. Um, <laughs> look, the Oklahoma City Thunder, like this number opened 14 and a half. We're up to 15 and a half, 16. Uh, you've got, and the vibes just aren't good, man. You're on your interim head coach. I don't know if you noticed, but yesterday, Jordan Poole got benched. So he came off of the bench yesterday. And then was complaining about coming off of the bench. Bro, you're shooting 39.6% from the floor. Of course you're going to get benched. Like, there's no choice here. So you've got a bad Washington Wizards team. Vibes are all over the place. It seems very terrible. And by the way, Shea Gilders-Alexander, he cooked the Los Angeles Clippers yesterday. What do you think he can do to the Washington Wizards if he so chooses? So I think it's pretty easy to be thunder or pass here. And the market was all over betting this up about a point and a half. Wait, I mean, Jordan Poole, come on, man. He had 18 points last night. I want like four like, of 17 shooting. Look at his season stats. The, the, the efficiency <laughs> numbers are insane. And like not in a Has good way. Has anyone insane. else had a bigger fall from grace than Jordan Poole? It, I mean, this dude was, he got a, a, was it a max deal? It was a hundred million plus dollar deal. Yeah, and look, Golden State. I actually, I am of, I am of the ilk that what happened with him and Draymond Green was unfair for Jordan Poole, and then they went and just crapped on him the entire season afterwards. But this is entirely different. You're not playing well. You're a high volume chucker, and you're not even scoring enough to, to justify it. It's been really bad here. Um, it's like my creative player in NBA 2K, the first few games, where I'm just like, no, I'm going. I'm chucking. I don't care if I get a teammate grade of like C minus. I'm in. He's got a D though. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, gotta love the Wizards. As I like to say, the most irrelevant team in all of sports, the Washington Wizards. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Washington Nationals might be up there. Hey, 2019 World Series champions. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is v Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on v the sports betting network. The website of v looks absolutely phenomenal. Ooh, you got to check it out, my friends. Looks sharp. Uh, very good-looking site right now. We've got a ton of content up there, including Mike Samich's latest article, College Basketball Betting Strategies, reveals how he picks college basketball games by using team schedule, low-variance statistics, and more. Check it out today, vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N.com. You know, Mike Samich, smart man. He's riding with the Ryder Bronx. Let's go, Ryder. It's some action. 19-8. to 8. Come on, Ryder. Let's bring it on home. Let's have a, let's have a rocking chair winner. On a Friday night, that would be a that would be lovely. All right. Speaking of college basketball, JVT, mm-hmm, our yeah. guest, bottom of the hour, Jared Smith, frequent contributor to Veasan and weekend host now here on the network. He and I were uh, texting back and forth today, and uh, I was pondering because you and I earlier this week we put in a uh, a friendship future on New Mexico. May or may not have not got the best number. No big deal. To make the final four. That is my only future I currently have in the portfolio. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I dabble with Houston at nine to one or so. Sure. I was just looking around and I, I, I asked Jared just as a friend, hey, do you see any places better than nine to one? And uh, he did not agree with my Houston belief. Mm. And he said, we can't have that now, can we? No. He said, UConn and Purdue were better. I said, ah, Purdue's not better. So we had a little friendly bet of who will go further, Houston or Purdue. Put up an old Twitter poll, if you want to chime in, at one Tim Murray. 73% of the peeps hmm. believe Houston will go further. Now, I understand the initial pushback on Purdue, right? Last year, they lost in the first round to Fairleigh Dickinson. Two years ago, they lost in the Sweet 16 to St. Peter's. I don't, I don't mind this Purdue team. And as one uh, person who tweeted into my mentions, JVT said, was he's been a Purdue fan for 51 years. I think this team is the best I've ever seen. He still thinks the Boilermakers will make it, but the team he believes in more is actually UConn. Let me ask you the question. Houston, Purdue... Who goes further? And once again, I know. Well, I got to see the bracket. Yeah, well, we don't have the bracket. We won't have it until March 17th. I said that a couple days ago. You did. 
while you're doing that. Um, I don't think I talk like that, although I do have a very velvety and deep voice. Um, can I take C and say neither? Uh, they lose in the same round? Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. All right, so who goes farther? I mean, I feel like I want to say Houston. Both teams, this is going to come as a shock considering how good they are. Both teams have very obvious flaws that I think might get exploited once you get to the NCAA tournament. But I think I'd go with Houston only because what really bothers me about Purdue is just the defense. And the defense when guards and coaches and schemes are going after Zach Eady in these pick and rolls defensively and, and forcing him to just kind of stand there in the middle of the paint because they have to play drop coverage with him and just exploiting that area of the floor. And there's going to be a lot of teams that can do that for Houston. The guard plays better. Their defense is better. And while their offense does at times hit some really rough patches, yep. I at least like the peak of their guard play. Like against Iowa state earlier today, if you can pull the box for me really quickly earlier mm-hmm. this week, um, you had two guards that scored over 20 points for that team. Jamal Shedd at 26 and Emmanuel Sharp at 20. Right. Now, the problem is how many other players scored double figures? Zero. You're correct. So I get like the downside with Houston. Even but, though I trust LJ Cryer to an extent. Right. But yeah. and, and he's I, a decent shooter. Like you, you expect like to be able to do that. So that's why like, I think I would lean toward Houston. I get the better defensive team. I get better guard play. I don't have a clear and obvious weakness uh, defensively like that. And I think that there's just a, a higher floor for a team like that, where with uh, Purdue, as we kind of saw last year, if you take on a quick team, they're getting you up and down the floor, they're exploiting that drop coverage. I think that could lead to an early exit for Purdue. So right now at Circa, JVT, there's two-way market for who will to make or miss the Final Four. You and I took the New Mexico 17-1 to to make the Final Four. We were looking for a little bit of a, a spicy long shot. DK DraftKings has it at 20 to one. So uh, go out and get a better number and then give us the difference when it happens. But I looked up the four number one seeds, projected number one seeds, Arizona, even though they lost last night, still projected to be a number one seed. So the four projected one seeds right now, UConn, Houston, Purdue, and Arizona. Mm -hmm. The yes, no's on those four teams in the two-way market at DraftKings. You, or excuse me, at Circa. UConn plus 140, yes. No, minus 170. Purdue plus 160, yes. No, minus 195. Houston plus 185, yes. No, minus 230. And Arizona plus 250, yes. Mm-hmm. No, minus 310. What bet would you make right now? Yes or no? on those four teams. I think it's, I mean, it's lay the chalk with Arizona. No, I mean, I think again, so what is it? What is the Purdue number? Minus 195. No plus 160. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm going for those cheaper numbers. Cause again, like the probability I think is higher that they don't make it. And by the way, that counts for UConn too. You know, mm-hmm. like UConn's price to the gills, like it's pretty crazy at this point right now uh, to be getting uh, again to make the Final Four, right? So to be getting a near pick, like you're getting closer there to to make the Final Four. So I'll say this real quickly, and this is a great point that Chris Felica, the Bear, brought up on Twitter when I put this out there. The East Regional semifinal and final is in Boston. Mm-hmm. So if UConn were to get there, which they will be a one seed and they will be a significant favorite to win their first and second round matchup, obviously, they are going to have a pretty significant home court advantage in the East Regional mm-hmm. semifinal and final. Now, is that the be all end all? No, of course not. Last year, UConn was here against Gonzaga. There were a lot of Gonzaga fans and they absolutely smashed them in the Elite Eight. So it didn't matter. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this, though. I, I don't disagree with UConn. And I, I know you're not saying it. I wouldn't lay minus 170 on the no for UConn. I think there's, I think there's value in a number like that. Wow. It, it's just, it's so hard. It, it is. As dominant as UConn can be and has been, I mean, look, we did see it against Creighton, right? It's not a perfect team. Yep. You could go down to any, and on any given day, and again, being the one seed, you understand it. But, Tim, like, once you get past your first round in that 116 matchup, there's a lot of these teams that are power rated pretty similarly to each other once you get to like the round of 32 and onward, that it becomes kind of a grind once you get past that really low opponent uh, in the 16 seed. So I think the probability of that happening is a little bit higher than what we thought. And again, it's just playing against where the market's at. Like clearly, the market at this point right now 
is at an all-time high for UConn. We watched what they did in the tournament last year. We watched that winning streak transpire. The only blemish in the last, what, two months is that game on the road against Creighton. I think you're just playing against the number here, which is insanely low at this point right so now. So there's, you know, as a, as a gambling network, it's mm-hmm. not always fun to say, well, you probably shouldn't play any of these. Um, I wouldn't play any of these. I would play long shots like the New Mexico that we played. But I do think a, a couple of years ago, it was uh, it was two years ago, and I laid, I got to find the exact number, but I laid like minus $1.50 on Gonzaga to win their region. Why? Because when the bracket came out, I looked at their region. I said, oh, my God, it is a cakewalk to the final four. Mm. Now, if UConn draws Alabama, I'm probably not going to play UConn to make the final four because an Alabama team could get red hot from three. Mm. And they could also be cold and lose early on. I mean, look, Alabama last year, no one thought they would. I took the points. Lose to San Diego State, and they did. They were, you know, the untouchable team, and they lost in the Sweet 16. So to your point, I, I think if you want to take those longer shots to make the Final Four, have at it. Like Kentucky at 7-1, to one, I, could, I could be talked into Kentucky just because of the high peak of what they could be, JVT. Sure. But if you're looking at the favorites, to me, I wouldn't play any of them. Maybe if you want to fade, to your point, maybe a Purdue at minus 195, but you might honestly get a better number come uh, right. come, come once the bracket's out because they're going to be the one seed. Well, and you're also going to be officially whittled down to that tournament sample size, right? So, right. you know, your odds are going to change there too. So I would, I would agree with that as well. But it, it's just, we do, you do tend to get chalky here, but I'm just looking at that price and playing the no on that has a little bit more value than I think people realize at times, especially when you're at the top of the board like that. Tomorrow, a bunch of interesting games, and uh, one of the games that I I will have in the contest, and we'll uh, we'll talk these through uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Wake Forest against Duke. Oh yeah, baby. and this is another one of those situations that we talked about with Matt Medcalf uh, earlier this week, which was a really fascinating conversation of just the situations and the number now recognizing the situation. Duke is playing Wake Forest. Duke's a top ten team. Wake Forest is unranked. Ken Palm has a Duke minus one. Markets out to Wake minus two and a half. Situation, the spot, the 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 need of Wake Forest to win this game, and you're laying the tax. Good defensive team too. You take it at home. Uh, by the way, Zion Williamson is going to play tonight against Miami. So no Brandon Ingram, but Zion Correct. is in for the New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Miami Heat this evening. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Jared Smith going to join us next right here on VSIN Primetime. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. We all know that you're getting into college basketball now. No better way to attack it than with the VSIN Pros. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You're going to get our daily best bet emails, access, of course, to the video stream, our college hoops betting guide for the NCAA tournament. We also got write-ups planned for the conference tournaments as well once those are set. Bracket breakdowns and full access to vsin.com that includes betting splits, breakdowns for every game, and write-ups in every single sport every single day. vsin.com slash pro. That's vsin.com slash pro. All right, the DraftKings lines are out. I'm trying to finalize my plays for the college basketball contest, which uh, has not gone great. Uh, let's uh, be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, 20 and 40, I think, between you guys last week. Hey. So it's not just you. Yeah, five and ten so far. It's I am better. Like you should do it all season long. I am. Uh, I am ahead of last year's defending champ, Will Hill. Yeah. So that's all that matters. Hey, you know what they say? To, tra- to test the true metal of a sports better, do it over the course of a small sample size. <laughs> That's how you find out the true, true best bettors. Uh, So we got to finalize those picks uh, right now. Uh, We do have a best bet from uh, UJBT coming up here in uh, just a little bit with the Atlanta Hawks before we get to Jared Smith. Uh, Coming up in uh, 10 minutes, Atlanta hosting Toronto. Revisit your best bet on this game. Hawks TT, team total over 126 and a half. The Raptors stink on defense. So do the Hawks. Don't trust them to win by margin. Do trust them to score points, though, here at home against the worst road defense since January 1st. Why January 1st? Well, that's when they got Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett. Give me the Hawks team total over 126 and a half. All right. Joining us right now, Jared Smith. 
You can see him on VEASAN every weekend at Jared Lee Smith on Twitter. Jared, we just discussed it. Why do you believe the Boilermakers will go further than the Houston Cougars this March? Oh, you're getting right to brass tacks. I don't right into it, baby. We don't, no, no, no. Right into it. Let's go. All right. Well, I, first, I just want to congratulate JBT on his first full-time week here on Primetime. Thank you. Doing a great job. Once I heard that you were being considered, I immediately withdrew my name from, from any application for the job. <laughs> so, congrats, That bud. sounds like Excited a you-can't-fire-me-I-quit sort of situation, but continue Excited. with the nice words about me. <laughs> Excited for the two of you to do awesome stuff together. Um, and yeah, maybe you're, maybe now I'm the new heel in the Tim Jared friendship, Tim, because I I, I immediately uh, uh, went went right after this one. We were talking in our little group chat, our little college troops chat, about um, which one of these two teams is better between Purdue and Houston. And listen, I I think if you like offense, right, I think you favor Purdue. If you like defense, you favor Houston. I I just think the reason why in the tournament format, I think. Well, there's two reasons. Let's get to a real analytical, you know, brass tacks here. Um, I, I do think Purdue has the ability to win multiple ways, where Houston, I think, has to win the same way six straight games. They need low scoring games. They can't have a team get really hot from three because I just don't think they have the horses to match. Now, they're better suited to match that style than they were a couple years ago when they went, I think, one of 20 from three in the Elite Eight against Nova. And that was the in inevitable end to that last great Houston team. Last year, ran into a hot shooting team, got buzzed out. And I think this year, if they run into another situation like that, Purdue is just better equipped to handle it. Now you throw in the spiritual karma. Well, those who forget history, doomed to repeat it. The last time a team got knocked out by a 16 seed, UVA against UNBC, the following year, they went on to win the whole kit and caboodle. So I, I think if you put those two things together, right, a little more logical reasoning, and then, of course, the spiritual karma that is the NCAA tournament sometimes, I think you put Purdue a little bit ahead of Houston right now where I have him, at least in the tournament setting. So, Jared, I've told him, so I'm on Tim's side here, not because I'm on the show, but like it, it's my <laughs> own original thought. But I'll say this. The one thing that I, I push back on when it comes to this, because you're not the only one who has espoused the Virginia comp, Virginia was a team that was heavily guard-oriented, that played incredible defense, that wasn't built around a center like Edie. I just, I have a feeling like with Edie, we saw them against Ohio State. We've seen it before. That drop coverage that they played, that's exploitable by good guard teams. I, I think that's a very different team build as opposed to what Virginia went through and then subsequently winning the championship the next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're giving the Purdue guards enough credit in this situation. I mean, they've got three guys shooting over 40% from three, um, guys that have experience in the tournament. and. It, I, I think it's a fair comparison. I think Edie, though, is the best player in the country, JVT, right? Like, this guy's going to win the, the, the National Player of the Year award. So putting him on the team is not a detriment to the team. I mean, he's more athletic. He's the best player in the country, according to the eyes of all the people that are going to vote on it. And I, I don't think how, how in any way, shape, or form having Zach Eady on your team is a downgrade to your team over the long haul. So I, I don't see that side of it. Jared Smith joining us here on VSIN prime time. All right, Jared, uh, we can go wherever you want. Obviously you'll be uh, on uh, all weekend long. I I'm just curious. Uh, JVT has been working on um, like a 17 day uh, fantasy baseball draft here. And it's, it seems never ending. So uh, wow. you are, uh, you are the king or the what did uh, what did Dustin call you the father of the first inning you father. love your you love your yes and your no run first innings but big picture as we are <laughs> there we go there we go there's the there's the draft there's spreadsheet. the spreadsheet there it is oh, wow would you what what what's it's never your, ending like you, it's like what was it what was the scene in uh, I forget which movie it was with Paul Rudd hey babe we got Matsui no yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I just actually I just drafted Jordan Montgomery in the uh, 15th round Jordan so let's Montgomery. go and knocked up yes knocked up thank you very much Brian Ortega with the movie puns always uh, big picture baseball wise uh, any uh, any brewing takes your Yankees your what do you got what do you got for us there Jared Congratulations. It is February 23rd, Tim. You are the first person to ask me a baseball futures market question. Um, off the top of my head, the Dodgers are going to be pretty good with Otani in that lineup. Um, that's right. I, like That's the first place that my brain goes. I, I, I'm interested to see what the Orioles do um, with Corbin Burns. That's the one thing they've been missing is the ace, right? The ace that they're willing to actually pay. 
Um, and I think we've heard some negative things from spring training about some of their other arms. And I'm a little bit worried that they, you know, overextended themselves a little bit last year because baseball, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to repeat that unless you've got a deep, deep uh, roster. And I think Baltimore a little bit thin, but they went out and they got Corbin Burns. Maybe that makes up for some of their other pitching injuries. Cause let's be honest during the regular season last year, the Baltimore Orioles absolutely were the story of the American league. I, I, Texas is going to be a, a tough lineup again, but I'm worried about their pitching. You know, the defending champs, you always have to give them at least the benefit of the doubt. But I, I do think there's a lot of injuries on, on that side of the uh, baseball, too. Um, nerfy wise, I, I think the nerfies are going to be early on in the season. It's going to be fun. And then we'll get into a groove of it. But I mean, I'll be honest, I've my brain isn't even there yet. I'm worried. Oh, about come on. So you're not going to like, so we were talking with Derek Stevens yesterday. They're going to hang these yes, run, no runs for spring training. You're not going to do any of those. No, absolutely not. Come on now. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Listen, I don't, I don't judge people who make degenerate wagers, but if you're making a wager on a yes, run first inning in a spring training game, that is about as degenerate as it gets. Unless you are in the clubhouse with these guys and you know what they're working on on any given day, because these starting pitchers that take the mound during spring training, they're working on their rise ball or their this ball or their that ball. And they might come out in the first inning and throw like 30 straight curveballs just because that's what they're working on in that day. I, I think betting spring training is probably one of the hardest of all the handicaps. Now, if you're down there and you're on top of it, just like G League, or right? Just like. JBT, some of those, uh, you know, maybe the in-season tournament, that's a little bit like a different kind of handicap than the actual regular season. If you're on top of that information, then God bless you, go after it. But I've got college basketball to worry about. I've got too many other things for me to really be focused on spring training right now, unfortunately. All right. So I just submitted my uh, my plays for the Saturday oh, contest. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so these are DraftKings numbers currently as they sit. We've got Baylor plus two and a half versus my Houston Cougars. Uh, Kansas okay. State plus two versus BYU. Uh, we talked about that one earlier uh, in the show with uh, with Paul Stone. We're laying two and a half, paying a pretty decent premium uh, with Wake Forest against Duke. Ole Miss, we're laying two and a half there against South Carolina. And then in a classic letdown spot, we're going to take five and a half with Arizona State against Washington State, who just knocked off Arizona uh, late oh, yeah, last you night. So uh, those are my five uh, left on the chopping room floor. Central Florida plus one uh, as they are taking on uh, TCU, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I wanted to play Loyola minus three against George Mason, who defeated their first ranked opponent in school history at home. Uh, but I, I ultimately left that one off. Haven't capped the uh, A-10 all that much. Uh, Jared, as you look at the Saturday card, before we let you run, and you'll, of course, be on tomorrow uh, here on VEASAN, uh, any game immediately jump out to you? I know UConn you were curious about laying a big number against yeah. Villanova. It's a giant number. Iowa State's a giant number. I mean, they're, they're just making you pay premiums for all these obvious situational spots, and that doesn't mean that they can't cover. I just think it's harder for you to consistently bet those spots and win. I'll dive deep. Like, for example, right now I'm sweating out Columbia. I, I, I usually like to dive deeper this time of year and, and really try to find those mid-major games. So I haven't hit the uh, hit the lab just yet, as the kids say, but I'm sure I'll tweet something out at some point overnight. Or well, we'll catch you, uh, catch you tomorrow here on VEASAN, right? Catch you tomorrow night. Yep. There we go. Jared Purdue gets eliminated in the Sweet 16. Exactly. Perfectly. Sweet 16. They're done. See you, bud. <laughs> Good luck, guys. <laughs> there he is, Jared Smith, at Jared Lee Smith on uh, Twitter. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray and Jonathan Von Tobel on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can bet $5, deposit $5. Get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app. Use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Again, promo code VSIN. No-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses on a $5 deposit. A Friday night in the association is uh, underway in uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta. Philadelphia and the Cleveland Cavaliers just uh, a minute into that game. We'll get you a primetime primer on uh, the games coming up top of the hour. Uh, Not a heavy night of college basketball. A couple sweats we got going on. Uh, One of our producers back there, Sean, has laid seven and a half with the zips of Akron. And uh, they currently lead Kent State by eight so uh we'll be pulling for him all right tomorrow college basketball jbt uh just mentioned these games the lines are now out courtesy of DraftKings. um i just mentioned the spots that i had circled i know you had a couple spots circled so let's take a look at some of the games that intrigue although we were going over them together and a lot of them are the same yeah it is it is true we were uh, we were doing this uh, separately, and ultimately, we came to the conclusion on a lot of these. Noon on CBS, Houston at Baylor. Houston 23 and 3. Uh, I just talked about with Jared. I believe they will go deeper in the NCAA tournament than Purdue this year. I believe in this Houston team. I think they can win the national championship, JVT. Wow. I think they lose on Saturday, though, to Baylor on the road in Waco. They're laying two and a half. Computers love Houston. I like this Houston team. They're as tough as nails, but I think situationally, what a spot it is for Baylor coming off of a tough loss. And while it was six days ago, so I think a veteran team like Houston has probably had plenty of time to overcome an Iowa State game. If anyone watched that game, that game was as physical as it gets. So I like this spot for Baylor uh, at home. As we talked about with Paul Stone, home court advantage 
in the Big 12 this year has just been enormous. Now, B Baylor does have a home loss. They lost in triple overtime to TCU back in January. But for the most part, this has been a team that has done well at home. Wins over Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Cincinnati, and BYU. So I like Baylor tomorrow in uh, what will be a, what feels like a little bit more of a desperation spot for Baylor. What do you think about this spot tomorrow? Yeah, I agree. And it seems like Baylor's uh, really kind of rounding into form. You mentioned the loss of BYU uh, that did snap a 3-0 and or a 3-0 and run against the number. Uh, bigger sample size here, 4-2-1 and against the spread in their last seven games. So they've been playing a little bit better uh, to the number, maybe, maybe being slightly undervalued by the betting market as a whole. But they, they've been awesome. You mentioned how good they've been at home as well, too. So I think overall, when you're looking at this, it's hard not to like Baylor. And they do have the makeup of a team that I think could bother Houston a bit in that they're a very solid offensive team driven by their guards, right? Fourth best team in the country in terms of offensive rating. Uh, they can get hot from three if needed. Third best team in three-point shooting uh, in the country right now. And, Tim, they're actually a sneaky, solid rebounding team, specifically on the offensive end with the ability to generate some second-chance opportunities. So playing at home, coming off of a loss, it, it makes a lot of sense that Baylor would be the side. And I'm trying to come around more to playing a lot of these, you know, we'll call them situations, right, where teams coming off of a roll loss, coming back home, especially in these conferences where home court has meant a lot. And you can argue upwards of maybe three and a half, four points. I, I think Baylor coming home, I like the makeup of their team. I like the way they play on offense. And coming off of a loss like that would make sense that they come in and put forth a good effort. Yeah, and I think, too, as, as you pointed out with a deficiency of Houston and Paul Stone talked about it as well, saying a team that can hit these stretches of, of lulls yep. offensively. Well, you pointed it out. Baylor's strength is, all, strength is offense, right? They're fourth in the country per Ken Palm in offensive efficiency. They're not great on defense, 87th in defensive efficiency, but if you're going up against Houston, I'd rather have that portfolio than to go at them like sure. with the same strengths because if you're going at them as a defensive-minded team, I'm going to take Houston probably every single time. But if you're able to score, which Baylor certainly is capable of doing as the fourth-best offense in the country per offensive efficiency mar uh, uh, margins, uh, that one is uh, you know one I'd be willing to look at. Now, I will say this, and uh, – I think unofficially my record in noon Eastern games is one and 53. So I don't know if that bodes well for tomorrow, uh, noon Eastern on CBS, but uh, hopefully it will. Yeah, I, I, I think unofficially. I'm not, that's not a totally official number, uh, but uh, it was, uh, it was up there. Um, staying just chronologically, just kind of quick thoughts here. Um, we're going to hit on Duke and Wake Forest. That's coming up. Uh, that's a 2 o'clock Eastern game. Really interesting one. You're paying the tax, though, for Wake Forest. Uh, Arizona, just real quickly, on the Wildcats. They play Washington. They're at home. They lose last night. This team is so confusing, uh, frustrating. They're 13-1 and now straight up, JBT, at home. Uh, the number for Arizona coming off of that loss, you're going to have to pay the, the tax, no doubt, as they take on uh, Washington. 14-and-a-half at DraftKings, and it's been bet up already. So uh, Arizona, lofty number tomorrow against the Huskies. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you buy into these sort of things, um, they have responded well to their losses so far this season. They're 5-0 and straight up, 4-1 against the spread. So coming off of these losses, it seems that they have put forth good efforts. Uh, however, I'm with you in terms of just the inconsistent play. It's hard to swallow a big number uh, given what we have seen from Arizona. Look, they went through that stretch where they won all of those games, but getting pushed a triple overtime against Utah along the way that was on the road. But still, like you just leave a lot. I think when I watch them, it leaves a lot oh. to be desired for yeah. Arizona. So I think for me, I would not want to get in there and lay a number like that here against Washington. And look, Washington does some things uh, pretty solid. They're a top five team in the conference in terms of offensive efficiency. In fact, they're a top 50 team uh, in the country in offensive efficiency. And if you have a really decent night, especially on the interior, one of the top 30 teams in the country in two point percentage, that you can have a pretty solid effort stay inside of this number if you're, if you're Washington. All right. Wake Forest home to Duke. Uh, bracket matrix. Let's pull this up real quickly at where they have Wake Forest. I think a win tomorrow pretty much locks them in. Uh, bracket matrix, if, which again, once again, I, I know I'm going to sound redundant, but if you don't know what bracket matrix is, it's a aggregate uh, and uh, just puts all of the uh, bracketologists together. Most of the bracketologists have them on the outside looking in. Wake Forest, that is. Now, the Ken Palms and the Bart Torviks of the world, they really like this Wake Forest team. They have them highly rated. They're actually 20th in the country per Ken Palm. 
This is a must-have spot. Huge win would be in an, I think would get them in the field mm -hmm. if they get this victory tomorrow. They've played Duke already, played them close. If anyone had that game, that was a bad beat late with a dunk late in that game. Like I said earlier, you're paying the tax. This game's at two and a half. For the contest, I will be laying the two and a half. What I will personally do, I'll probably take the, the cheapest money line that I find out there. But I do think Wake Forest uh, gets it done, and, and you're in agreement with this one. Absolutely, man. Look, this is a top 30 team in the country in defensive efficiency. They're one of the best teams in the conference in defensive efficiency. They've given up less than a point per possession to conference opponents so far this season. They've been absolutely tremendous. And, and you like what they have defensively because they kind of have that prototypical size, right? Like they've got two guys. 6'10 and 7 foot. They've got big bodied guards uh, along the perimeter as well. They've got some size coming off of the bench too, but I really like what Wake Forest brings to the table defensively. And when you're talking about Ned again, you know, consecutive home games, you put a Tuesday against Pitt, now you're home and getting ready uh, for a few days for Duke, a game that you probably have circled here in a pretty good effort. I would think that this is a pretty good spot to come in here and back Wake Forest. I, I like Duke. I've watched them a little bit more recently. I've really come around yeah. and I think they're upside as a team, especially when you get into the tournament. You know, top 20 defense top 10 offense they've been incredible uh, but to go on the road here and especially after this stretch you know you, like you said you beat them at home that was a bad beat for you there but outside of that you know Notre Dame Boston College Florida State hasn't been the toughest schedule so far here so I think when you're talking about now going on the road it might be a shock to the system to take on a defensive team like Wake Forest yeah and uh, I think it'll be a really good atmosphere uh, in Winston-Salem that triangle down there. Wake Forest, you know, back in the day, the Tim Duncan era, the Chris Paul era, they had some success against Duke, but recently it has not been so successful. Uh, but no, I, I, yeah, tip your cap to Duke, though. I thought this earlier this week was a potential tricky spot for them at Miami. They went out, boat raced Miami. Last Saturday, I didn't ultimately get there on Florida State, was on my card initially, crossed them off, and, uh, you know, they ultimately covered that number. So, yeah, we'll see if this stretch of three consecutive road games continues uh, with them covering for the Duke Blue Devils. Other games for you of, uh, of interest that uh, you had on that, that short list. All right, so there's a couple of them. Let's go with, I mean, the fun one that I'm not going to bet, but we've seen the market move in the direction of the home team here. Uh, Alabama-Kentucky looks Ooh. like it's going to be absolutely wild. We saw it open a pick, 179 and a half. 176 uh, and a half so, is your total. So it got bet down a little bit because it's not overnight at 179 and a half, so it seems pretty, it seems like it's <laughs> going to be a great game. But I'll say this, I liken this to one of those games in the NBA, Tim, where, you know, you're talking about like a one, one and a half point spread, uh, when I in the NBA, they're games of like totals of like 240 or something like that. But I don't know why you would bet preflop a spread that's floating around one in a game with a total of 180. You're going to get an in-game opportunity one way yeah. or the other, given the way that these two teams play. And I'll say this really quickly. Uh, shout out to Jim Root because it was a great line of thinking when it came to that LSU game in that Kentucky's defense wasn't exactly fixed after what we saw, right? Maybe a little bit of positive shooting variance by your opponents. I think this is going to be a wild ride here, and I don't know if I trust Kentucky to, to put up enough stops here because I really like this Alabama squad. Yeah, that's, that is uh, that might be the most entertaining game of the slate. Thanks to all of you who are watching on DraftKings Network. Beeson Primetime, though, keeps it rolling top of the hour. We get you your weekly visit from behind the counter. Come on back. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.